Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Hello, and welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Mike Jezoshek, and today we're talking about business vehicles. Now, this is something that comes up a lot in our free Facebook group, a lot in our tax minimization program. So if you haven't checked those out, do so now. You can join our free Facebook group by going to Facebook, just typing in small business tax secrets and joining in on the conversation. But especially as we get closer to year end, there's a lot of discussions about expenses and things to do. Maybe you're looking to do, maybe you're looking to purchase a new vehicle. Maybe you need to upgrade some equipment, whatever it might be. Throughout the next few weeks and months, we're going to be leading into the end of the year. We're going to be talking about tax strategies and what you need to be knowing about, thinking about when it comes to a planning perspective. So today we're talking about business vehicles, something that comes up quite often. And so I just want to say, first off, if you are buying a business vehicle solely for tax purposes, to get a deduction, I would say don't do it. Instead, listen to our other episodes, listen to our other areas where we say we would never encourage somebody to buy something for a tax deduction. Because let's go through an example. Let's say, as an example, easy numbers, you bought a $100,000 vehicle. If you're in the 37% tax bracket, you're going to save on taxes over the course of depending on depreciation types, everything else, you're going to save $37,000 in taxes. But you paid $100,000. And that vehicle is not gaining in value either. And if you fully depreciate and sell that vehicle, there's going to be some depreciation recapture and tax on that. So as you can see, trading $100,000 for $37,000 in savings is not a great switch. So I would say if you don't need a vehicle, don't go out and buy a vehicle. Now, if you need a vehicle, if you need a new vehicle, if you need a vehicle for your business, it can be a great tax strategy because you're getting a discount on that vehicle. Instead of paying $100,000, if you bought it personally, now you're getting $37,000 off of it and you're getting a, a vehicle at a tax advantage. So again, I just want to make that clear. Never go out and buy assets. Never go out and buy something simply for a tax purposes. It's got to be something that you need, something you want to invest in. So when we talk about business vehicle, the first thing is, is in order for it to be a business vehicle, it's got to be used for business. And as part of that, we need to be able to prove to the IRS if they come knocking the business use. You know, how do we prove to the IRS that we use this as a business vehicle? And so the IRS is just simply requires proof of the business miles. And so that's why we highly encourage using a mileage log. Now, the IRS doesn't necessarily require a mileage log per se. They just require proof. But the mileage log is obviously the easiest way to do that. Now, there's a few options when we talk about mileage logs that are available. You could do a mileage log every day of the year. So take your whatever you're driving, every single mile that's driven on that vehicle, you're tracking where you're starting, where you're going to, what are the total miles every single day. And there's a lot of apps out there that help with this. But there's also what the IRS calls a three-month sample. And basically, what that says is if your business has a pretty similar type activity where you know you drive pretty much the same amount of miles in January as you would in June as you would in December, then you can use a three-month sample. And so for a lot of businesses, this makes sense. Now, if you have a business that's very seasonal, let's say you're all you do is cut lawns in 
upper Wisconsin. Well, you might only have a season that runs from April to, you know, October, and then you're off the rest of those months. And, you know, assuming you're not doing snow plowing or something like that. So in that situation, a three month sample wouldn't make sense because, you know, you can't take a three month sample for your busy months and then have when you're driving zero business miles, still taking that same idea for it. So three month sample, if you have consistency throughout the year is a great way. And basically that just means that you're going to track mileages for three months. And then you're going to apply that logic or that idea of that mileage throughout the uh, entire year. So if in three months you drove a thousand miles, well, then you would say you drove 4,000 miles for for the entire year. So that's going to help prove business use. Or you can do a one week a month sample. Again, same thing as that three month idea, but you're only going to record mileage one week per month. So my favorite is the three month sample or a mileage log for every day. Now, if you're using an app, that's going to make things a lot easier to do that mileage every day, where just every time you turn your vehicle on, it's tracking that mileage. So the key thing is here is that if you're using a vehicle for business, it's absolutely vital that you're keeping a mileage log. And that's going to serve as your proof to back up the business use of that vehicle. If the IRS comes knocking and says, hey, I don't think you're using this vehicle for business, how do you prove that you're doing it? So the first piece is a mileage log. You need to have those mileage. But the second piece is that you need to prove that those miles are actually business related, that they actually have a business purpose. So just tracking all your miles and saying, oh, yeah, it's business, but having no proof to prove that it's actually business also could disallow the deduction. So we need to have documentation to help back this up. You know, examples that we use oftentimes or that we've seen people use is you have an appointment book. So if we use that same thing of where you're mowing lawns, you have an appointment book. And so if you have a mileage log that says, hey, I drove from the shop to client X, client Y, and then to client Z, and that's what your mileage log shows, how do you back that up? Well, if your calendar or your appointment book shows that you had a meeting with client X or you had to cut lawn at client X, client Y, and client Z that day, easily substantiates it. Now we have the mileage, how many total miles were driven, and we have proof that it was for business related. So those are the two key things. Now, let's go through a quick example. Imagine that you had a client meeting at Starbucks. You'll have your mileage log, a track record that shows that you went from your office to Starbucks, but then you're also going to have a Starbucks receipt. And on that receipt, you're going to say, I met with whoever to talk about business, to talk about bringing referrals to us. And so when we look at the IRS comes knocking and says, hey, can you prove business use here? We're going to say, here's the mileage log, went from office to Starbucks, back to the office. And here's the receipt from Starbucks that shows I met with so-and-so to discuss business. That's going to help cement bulletproof that business use. So be sure that you're tracking somehow to prove the business, the miles of the vehicle, as well as the business purpose and the business use to help back that up and support that. And again, there's software out there that helps make that easier for you. Now, if you're using a vehicle for both business and personal, so let's say you have a vehicle that you do some personal miles on as well, this is going to be even more vital so that we can find what we call the business use percentage or the BUP. So once you have that mileage log, now you can find your business use percentage. And this is basically just saying how many of your miles, what percentage of your miles were business related. So we take business miles divided by total miles. So let's say you use your vehicle for a total of 15,000 miles in a year and your business miles were 12,000 miles of that. Your business use percentage would be 80%. 12,000 times 
12,000 miles divided by a total of 15,000 miles is 80%. So when we look at determining business use, we need to find out the business use percentage as well. And this is if you use your vehicle for personal related items. And oftentimes when you have some of these apps, it's going to track every trip that that vehicle made. And then on the app, you can say, yep, this was business. Yep, this was personal and so and so. And that's going to help make that termination of business versus personal. And then you can find your business use percentage. Your business use percentage is going to be important when we're using the actual method to determining your automobile deduction. So just keep that in mind. Again, we talk about a business vehicle. We need to be able to prove business use and purpose. Mileage log, business purpose is an appointment book, receipts, something that shows why those miles were related to business. We can't just say, yeah, those miles are related to business. Once we have that mileage log, now we can find our business use percentage. And that's just how many miles did we drive that were business related versus what was the total miles. And that gives you your business use percentage. So the next question that comes up a lot about with automobiles is, should I buy or lease a vehicle? And that is something that I can't tell you and I can't direct you specifically on this podcast episode. But what I often do is when clients come to us with this, I start to have a conversation with them and then they determine this based on some of the questions that we're asking and what makes sense. So, you know, question might be, how often do you expect to drive the vehicle? Leases always have kind of mileage limits. So if you're in a business that's going to be driving a lot, lease probably doesn't make sense. It depending, So depending on how many miles you put on, will might gear purchase versus lease. How many years do you plan on keeping the vehicle? If you always want a new vehicle, a lease may be a great option. And how much do you want your monthly payment to be? Lease payments are typically going to be less than a loan, but also keep in mind, you don't own the vehicle. So even though lease payments are typically going to be less than a loan payment, you also don't own the vehicle at the end of making all those payments. So when you're looking to get a vehicle, the first thing you want to kind of probably look at is, should I buy or lease? You know, go through some of those questions, determine what's going to make the most sense for you. Keeping in mind that if you go over miles on a lease, there's potential that there's going to be some added fees to that. Also keep in mind that if you purchase a vehicle and you need to do tires, you need to do all these other things, those are things that are out of pocket. Whereas with a lease, typically you don't run into a lot of maintenance type issues because you have it for a short period of time at the beginning of the life of that vehicle. So we say, okay, we got to, we know we're going to buy a vehicle. We know, or we know we're going to lease a vehicle, whatever it might be. Should I put a vehicle in my business name or my personal name? And at the end of the day, either is acceptable. Whether you have a vehicle that's in your personal name or your business name and you use it for business, either way is acceptable. You just need to make sure that you're following the correct process, whichever way you do it. So if you put a vehicle in your personal name and you're an S Corp or a C Corp, which we have a lot of business owners being, you would use an accountable plan to reimburse yourself for the business use of the vehicle. And we're going to be talking about accountable plans next week. So if you don't know what accountable plan is, if you're an S corporation, you don't know what an accountable plan is, you want to make sure to listen to next week because we're talking about accountable plans next week. Now, if you're a sole proprietorship or a single member LC, you're just going to include that business use on your Schedule C filing, whether it's business owned or personally owned. So keep that in mind. If you put it in the business name, then we need to make sure that if you have any personal use on that vehicle, that we're adding it to your W-2 or we're taking that personal use as an owner's draw. And the IRS has kind of a, a, a lease value rule that you can use to determine, okay, how much of this should I take as an owner's draw if I'm using a business vehicle that for personal use that's in the business name? So generally saying we say, if a vehicle is going to be 100% business use, we'd probably recommend putting in the business name to keep everything clean 
It's not absolutely required. You can put in your personal name as well. But if it's 100% business use, we would say probably put it in the business name. So again, either way are acceptable. Just got to make sure you're doing it correctly, whichever decision that you make. The next question, this is the most important one, is how do you write off a business vehicle? How does the deduction for a business vehicle work? And we talk about deducting or getting an expense for a business vehicle. There's two main options, the mileage deduction or the actual expense deduction. The mileage deduction is pretty straightforward. You get a tax deduction for every mile that you drive. So you drive 10,000 miles for business, you get X dollar amount per mile that you drove. And in 2023, those rates are 65 and a half cents per mile for business use. Now, if you have medical use, you use your vehicle for charity purposes, you can get a deduction for that. That's going to be at 22 cents for medical use and 14 cents for charity use. Again, that's going to be part of itemized deductions. But let's specifically talk about business use. If you use the mileage deduction, you get 65 and a half cents per mile driven. So you drive your vehicle 10,000 miles for business use in a year, that is $6,550 that you can get as a business deduction for it. Now, when we use the mileage method, it's important to know you can't deduct other expenses related to the vehicle. So you don't get maintenance deduction, you don't get depreciation, you don't get a deduction for repairs or gas or anything like that. You just get the mileage deduction. So all those other items you're not getting an additional deduction for. Now, with that being said, you are still able to deduct parking, tolls. If you have a loan, if you purchase the vehicle and you have a loan, you can get a deduction for the interest expense. But that daily riding items, maintenance, depreciation, repairs, gas, things like that, you don't get a deduction for if you're using the mileage method. Now, if you use your vehicle for less than 50% of the time for business, you must use the mileage deduction. So let's say you have a a personal vehicle that used 25% for business. Mileage deduction is your only option. Now, if it's over 50%, then you can choose between mileage deduction or actual expenses. So with actual expenses, basically we take all of the costs or actual expenses of that vehicle and multiply it by your business use percentage. So let's say you have $10,000 in costs and your business use percentage is 80%. Your deduction for that year is $8,000. Basically, you take your business use percentage times it by the actual expenses for the vehicle, and that's what you get for it. So items that are included in actual expenses would be loan interest if you own it, if you lease it, the lease payment, you know, the fuel for that vehicle, any registrations, car washing, repairs, and maintenance, any insurance on that vehicle, all of those expenses, you take all of that and add them up. And you'd also take depreciation for that vehicle if you owned it again. So the actual method complicates things slightly. Because depreciation comes into play, you have to track all these actual expenses, but oftentimes you're going to get a bigger deduction by going to actual expenses, depending on the type of vehicle and situation that you have, of course. So the other thing is that if you use actual expenses, you cannot use the mileage deduction. So it's one or the other. You either choose mileage or you choose actual. You don't get to use both. So what we always recommend is put a spreadsheet together. See what option is going to give you the best deduction and analyze that, you know, analyze whether you should be doing the actual or mileage and also factor in future years too, as well, because that helps play a method of what you want to consider. If you have a leased vehicle, once you pick a method, you got to stick with it for the rest of the lease. So if in year one of a leased vehicle, you choose the mileage deduction, you have to stick with mileage for the rest of that lease. If in year one, you choose actual, you got to stick with actual for the rest of that lease. If you purchased a vehicle, 
And if you selected actual method in year one, you must continue with that in the future years. So if you purchase a vehicle in year one, you used actual, you got to continue that in the future years. If in year one, you said, nope, I'm going to do the mileage induction, you can switch to the actual method in future years, but then you're just using more of a straight line depreciation on it. And we're going to be talking about depreciation, how that works and things like that. But that's the gist of it. So when you, how do we write off a vehicle? You have to choose mileage deduction where you just get X dollar amount per mile driven or actual expenses. We take all of your all of your costs, all of your actual expenses, multiply it by the business use percentage and get the deduction that way. Again, put a spreadsheet together. Find out which method's going to give you the best option. Now, when we talk about depreciation for a vehicle and when we're talking about what depreciation looks like, one thing that I want you to remember or think about is that when you dispose of a purchased vehicle, you're going to have a gain or loss on that vehicle depending on your basis. And your basis is going to be your purchase price less depreciation. So for example, let's say that you purchased a $75,000 truck and depreciated all of it. Your basis is zero because your purchase price is $75,000. You took $75,000 in depreciation. So your basis in that vehicle is zero. If you then sold that vehicle for $45,000, you're going to have a $45,000 gain. Sale price minus basis is what your gain is. And this is also where depreciation recapture comes into play. So I just say this because I, I get a lot of business owners that come in and say, well, I'm just going to or get confused when they made this big purchase and then four years later sold the vehicle, took a lot of depreciation for it, and now they're facing a gain on it and they didn't factor that into there. So I just want to kind of make that clear that if you purchase a vehicle and you depreciate heavily upfront on that vehicle, you're likely, if you sell it a few years later, there's likely you made some type of gain and you have depreciation recapture and some tax associated with that. So let's talk about depreciation. How does depreciation work for a business vehicle? And we did an article back this a while back. So feel free to check that out. It was called, what do you know about purchasing, deducting and depreciating a business vehicle? But I want to give a really good summary for those that are listening. And again, if you want to check out everything we talked about today, we have a full article link in the show notes or taxsavingspodcast.com. You can find our article related to automobiles. But when we talk about depreciation, there's something called the gross vehicle weight, and it's GVWR. And that's really what matters when we talk about depreciation, determining how much can we depreciation. So the gross vehicle weight rating, and the big thing to know is whether your vehicle's GVWR is over or under 6,000. So there's various ways to depreciate. You can do bonus depreciation, section 179 expensing, maker, straight line, all sorts of ways to, to do depreciation. But here's kind of a general guideline. If you have a vehicle with a GVWR less than 6,000 pounds, again, the key thing here is 6,000 pounds. So if you have a vehicle that's less than 6,000 pounds, in year one, you can take regular depreciation of 12,200 and bonus depreciation of $8,000. So total in year one of 20,200. In year two, regular depreciation of 19,500. In year three, regular depreciation of 11,700. And every year after, you get a depreciation amount of 6,960. Now, if you have a GVWR of less than 6,000 pounds, section 179 expensing is not allowed. So let's look at a GVWR greater than 6,000 pounds. And when we look at greater than 6,000 pounds, we have to break it into two categories. Is it an SUV or a truck with a, a bed in the truck of less than six feet? 
That's one way. If you are purchasing a, a vehicle that's a GVWR of more than 6,000 pounds, and it's an SUV or truck with less than a six-foot bed, you can do Section 179 expensing up to 28900 or you can do bonus depreciation. And for 2023, bonus depreciation is 80%. So if you bought a vehicle for $100,000, bonus depreciation in 2023 is 80%. You can get an $80,000 deduction for it in year one. Again, if the GVWR is more than 6,000 pounds. If the GVWR is more than 6,000 pounds and you have a truck bed with that that is six foot or bigger, you can take section 179 expensing up to the maximum of, of just over uh, 1.1 million. So that would be a totally total amount of section 179 expensing. Bonus depreciation again in this case is 80%. So now when we look at section 179 expensing, the total amount that you can deduct under section 179 expensing cannot be more than your taxable income. So let's say your taxable income's $20,000, but you can take section 179 expensing of 28,900 for this vehicle that you just bought. The max you could take is that $20,000, which is your taxable income for the business. Bonus depreciation. In 2023, bonus depreciation is 80%. Last year it was 100%. Next year it's going to be 60% and it goes down 20% every year thereafter until it gets to zero. That would be unless something changes with Congress, which is very possible where they could go back to 100% bonus depreciation. So that's how depreciation works. The other thing is that if you want the vehicle deduction this year in 2023, you need to both purchase the vehicle and put it in service before year end. And putting it in service just means you're driving at least one business mile before 1231. So I had this question with a client the other day. They said, Mike, I just bought a vehicle. It's on order. I expect to have it this year. And I said, okay, just be careful because even though you purchased it this year, if you have that vehicle on order and you don't actually get it before 1231 and drive a mile, it's not considered put in service in that deduction for that vehicle is going to be pushed to the next year. So just something to consider. All right, let's talk about some final takeaways. You need to first decide if you want to lease a vehicle or purchase a vehicle. Once you've made that decision, you need to then decide, am I putting this under my business name or my personal name? And again, either way is fine. We just need to make sure that if we're putting it under personal name, that we're reimbursing ourselves from the business using an accountable plan if you're an S corporation for the business use of that vehicle. Once we have determined that we're going to put it under a business name or personal name, we need to determine, are we using the mileage method or are we using the actual method? If business use is less than 50%, you must use mileage. If business use is more than 50%, you can use the mileage or actual method. And the other key piece here is always make sure that you're keeping a mileage log. We need to be able to prove to the IRS the business use. The mileage log is going to help do that. And then any kind of appointments, anything else that we have that can associate that mileage with actual trips and why we did that trip and why it was a business trip is going to be important. So make sure to, to record that. If we're using the uh, mileage method, it's 65 and a half cents per business mile. And that's just the deduction you get. If we use the actual method, we're taking all of the costs of that vehicle, loan interest if you own it, depreciation if you own it, lease payments if you lease it, the fuel, the registrations, the car washing, the repairs and maintenance, your insurance, all that. We're taking all of those expenses and multiplying it by your business use percentage and taking a deduction for that. 
Again, how does depreciation work? If your GVWR is less than 6,000 pounds, you can take bonus depreciation of $8,000 in year one, plus regular depreciation of 12,200, and then you'll get depreciation in year two, year three, and therefore after. If the GVWR is more than 6,000 pounds, you can take 80% bonus depreciation in 2023. So 80% of that vehicle, you can take as bonus depreciation in 2023. And then section 179 will just depend on, you know, how big is that truck bed, uh, if it's a truck. So hopefully this was helpful. Again, this is a lot of information. I recommend re-watching this, re-listening to this, reading our blog post on it to kind of get into more details. But I want to talk about this leading into year-end because purchasing a vehicle, if you need a vehicle in your business now or you expect you're going to need it early next year, can be a great tax strategy. But again, I want to encourage you to not just purchase a vehicle to purchase a vehicle. Only purchase vehicles if you actually need a vehicle in your business. Don't just do it for the tax deduction. So hopefully this was helpful. We're going to continue discussions where we're talking about tax strategies. We're talking about things you want to be thinking about near year end here as we get closer to 1231. Thank you for listening to another episode, and I will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.